Chapter 10 of Our Western Birds. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rita Boutros. Our Western Birds by Elizabeth and Joseph Grinnell. Audubon's Warbler. Sometimes this beautiful bird is called the western yellow rump on account of the bright yellow patch just above the tail. You will notice it when the bird is flying. Like many another songster, Audubon's warbler must be observed both in flight and at rest, would you be certain as to its true colors, and the time of year makes a little difference. In the spring the yellows and blacks are clearer and brighter in the male. It is one of the largest of all the warbler family, and we have it everywhere in California in winter time. It is fearless, coming and going with its cheerful chirp, making the dullest day full of sunbeams. It is up before you, and while you are at breakfast, looks for its own meal on the wire screen outside your window. Yesterday it was warmer, and the houseflies thought spring had come and they forgot to go to bed in the woodshed or barn loft so the warblers catch them napping on a cold morning on the house screens the flies are so chilled they do not feel the cold nor the snap of the birds beaks this very morning a couple of warblers are snatching flies from the windows holding to the wire with one foot while they stop to look about them bang they go to another wire screen we sometimes leave the window up in the afternoon on purpose for the flies to feel the warmth from the inside, so we tempt them to remain all night. Warblers cannot live without meat. People are often puzzled when they see the warblers flying against the screens. We are often asked, what is the name of those little birds that try so hard to get in the window every morning? Sometimes our cold spell lasts a long while, and the flies are numb in their hiding places. Then Warbler has his wits about him, and shows you what a good hunter he is. There are loose shingles on the roofs, and shrunken timbers about the gables. Here is just where spiders and flies and moths are hiding themselves, intending to come out when the weather gets warmer. And there are eggs, too spiders' eggs, done up in nice packages, waiting for the warm days of spring to hatch them out. Warbler darts along, at home always on his clinging toes, and peeps into every secret nook, pecking with his sharp beak, and bringing out the hideaways against their will. The tin spouting under the eaves is his greatest delight. Leaves and summer dust and litter from everywhere have blown into the roof gutters and have not yet been washed out by the rains. Indeed, no rain is able to wash them quite away. It simply packs the litter into a nice warm bed for insects that like to be covered up this way. Nature is very kind and motherly. She covers up her children. Warbler, thinking only of his appetite, goes along, now on foot and now on wing, and chirps while he finds out things. When the eaves and spouting and window screens have been inquired into, away goes the investigator to the orchard. Of course we left those yellow persimmons and rosy apples on the top boughs on purpose for the birds. 
warbler spies them and clings in his usual fashion with one set of toes while he looks at the landscape around him he bites again and again nor does the last taste pucker his mouth he knows better than to take puckery persimmon rind to be sure he did tear off a bit at first but if you were watching you would see him toss it away and peck out the soft ripe inner part exactly as you do yourself birds do not eat fruit rinds their beaks are made on purpose to tear holes in tough skins as well as to crack seeds and hard-shelled beetles you sometimes wonder why the birds do not finish eating a fig or a peach or a persimmon before they bite another the truth is they do eat their fill at first and fly away no sooner are their backs turned than along come the honey-bees who fly in california the whole year now the bee cannot tear open the skin of any fruit its tongue is made to sip with not to dig or bite so the bees smell the juice of the fruit the birds have left and take possession sipping all around the edges as you may see when the birds return to the tree they pick a fresh fruit and in a moment they leave that one for the bees you will not see birds and bees eating the same peach or fig at the same time when warbler is done with his persimmon he flies to the alfalfa patch and swings on the winter seed stems the weeds have grown since last fall's mowing and gone to nothing but wrinkles and empty seed pods the seed pods are gaping open making snug little hiding places for insects warblers turn somersaults pecking into these tiny rifts and wrinkles for the insects then you may catch him eating the belated cheeses of the mallow which every californian child has tasted for himself from the cheeses he goes to the banana stalks the wilted edges of last year's leaves are keeping insects warm and he hunts them out he hunts in the narrow leaves of the carnations for lice folk and then he flies to the tall blue gum trees and makes a supper on the tender white stamens of the blossoms audubon's warblers are fond of sweet preserves from our table we fed them many a saucer of quince last winter and there is more in the cellar for this winter indeed it is seldom that a jar of preserves is opened at our house that a good portion is not set out for the birds audubon's warblers are friends of the california farmer this very morning we saw a couple of them take the black scale from a pepper bough that hung over the path lifting the dark shells very carefully to get at the point under the black shells or scales are eggs and young insects and old ones all of which are good eating for warblers we examined the branch when the birds had taken their leave and not a single live scale was left if the birds of winter were better understood the ranchers of california would welcome them many of the titmouses as well as these warblers live occasionally upon the scales that infest the orange trees audubon's warblers are sometimes seen with the blackbirds on the ground in corrals and barnyards the blackbirds disturb grubs and other good things which the warblers love to get hold of 
In fact, the warblers are always on the lookout for things to be disturbed. An old house was being torn down, the shingles and the boarding were decayed, and they parted at the touch of the workman's hammer. The hammer dropped, and the workman went down the ladder to get it. In his short absence, as if they had been on the watch for the opportunity, the warblers took possession of the torn roof and feasted on insects. The man stood on the lower rung of the ladder and watched the hurried breakfast. Though their feet are not formed for long walks, these birds are often on the ground, always, however, with wings atilt, ready to snatch the nearest gnat in the air. They are commonly gentle among themselves, but we have seen them scrap in the early morning. They would whirl on wing, grapple and fall. Once on the ground, they closed in with beak and claw until exhausted and there they lay, panting, limp on their backs, looking as angry as a pair of little bantams. Only bantams never do turn over on their backs. Just as we were sure we had them, away they flew to the cornice, where they preened their ruffled coats, and looked as if the climate didn't agree with them. We have this beautiful bird in California from September to April, when it goes north to nest, it does not fear to build near homes, though it frequently chooses a site far from habitations. The nest is large and firmly made, usually set on the branch of a tree six or ten feet from the ground. It is said to be very handsome, with its twigs and everlasting weed, and hairs and rootlets. The eggs are usually four, greenish-white, with dots and dashes of red, brown, or lavender. The old birds are said to share the habit of many parent birds. In dragging themselves along the ground and making believe they are wounded when the nest is approached. After all, it may be but little loss to us that these warblers do not live with us the year round as we now have them in winter, when many other birds have left us. And they are among the most pleasing of all the birds. Their habits are an interesting study. What we owe to their sharp little black beaks and toes, nobody can quite tell. Without these birds, our best trees might be ruined by the beetle folk which live between the bark and the wood, burrowing long tunnels in which to have a good time of their own. Note how Warbler runs up and down, peeping under the loose bark, clinging to dead little stems, and pecking at nothing as far as we may see. But he knows his own trade full well, and his ear is as sharp as his eye. He can hear a beetle sawing away at its business beneath the tree bark as easily as you hear a knock on your door. As to the song of Audubon's warbler, it is short and pleasing, though rather weak. Perhaps the bird is too eager to snatch flies in mid-air to quite finish any song it begins. End of chapter 10 Audubon's Warbler